Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the art of celebration and we're going to continue to celebrate, uh, but we're going to start a new series today called Beloved, looking at the letter of 1 John and how we can know God's love for us and also live that love out as part of our lives as we live in the light of God's love uh, today and walk in the goodness of God's love for us. So we're going to start working our way through this book from the beginning. So if you've got your Bibles with you and you'd like to follow along with me, please feel free to turn to 1 John now. The words will also be up on the screen. And we're going to go from 1 John, uh, first verse, through to the second chapter, verse 6. Uh, so let's listen to God's word together. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim uh, we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, he will have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for all our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live 
as Jesus did. As we come to think about this passage together, let's first of all pray that God would speak as we uh, listen to his word this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that is contained within it. And Lord, as we come to look at this passage and spend this time together now, Lord, we pray that your spirit would be moving and that you would be speaking to our hearts and to our minds today. Jesus, we want to know you. We want to know more of your love for us. So would you come and would you speak to us today, we pray. Amen. Well, as I say, today we are starting a new series working through this book of one John together. And it is often said that the Apostle John, who wrote this book, uh, when he became so weak that he could no longer preach anymore, was, at, was literally carried into his church community. And all he could muster to say was, as his sermon, little children love one another. And when people came back to him and said, but that's a bit simple, tell us a bit more, he just said, because it's the Lord's command. And if this is all you do, it's enough. Over the last few weeks, we've been considering God's goodness to us. And one of the ways that we can encounter God's goodness is through his love for us. However, God's love is not just something that we receive It's also something that we need to live out. As Jesus loves us, so he challenges us to love one another. Not only are we loved, but we are called to love those around us. So this morning we're going to start by spending some time considering how we can live our lives in the fullness of God's love knowing that we're loved by Jesus and reflecting his love to those around us. And I'd like to start by talking about being loved and joining the family, which is going to be the, uh, the, the core of what we're going to be thinking about this morning. If you haven't already heard, as a, as a family, we have had a new addition to our family over the last 10 days Uh, Ten days ago, a little ball of fluff strutted into the house and has decided to take up residence in our home, leaving all sorts of packages that we've needed to clean up, including this morning that he decided to stand in and walk around all over the house. Uh, If you're not familiar, no, I'm not becoming incontinent. We have a dog, and uh, he is called Milo, and this new pooch has been added into our family, and it's been quite an experience. It turns out that Milo's great. All those horror stories about puppies crying through the night thankfully haven't come true, haven't come true and he's been sleeping without disrupting my beauty fate, sleep, which is why I look so wonderful this morning. Um, however, it turns out that whilst the dog has been brilliant, we are not so brilliant. Um, the first night that we got the dog, we brought him home, we put him in his little bed with his crate with a puppy pad so if he needed to go to the toilet he could do what he needed to do and it would all be fine. Problem, we put the puppy pad the wrong way round. So in the morning we came downstairs and instead of finding a nice mat fully absorbed with all of the dog had done, we came down to find a mat that had just kept it all nice and pulled. And to a dog that had walked and rolled and done everything else. And then as he came out of the crate, 
He walked it all around the house as well. And uh, bless him, we left, were left with a very smelly dog and a very smelly house um, until we cleaned him. Um, puppies are cute when they're not covered in their own excrement. Um, but Milo will be a much-loved pet and part of our family. As John starts this letter, he uses some technical language, but effectively he's saying that the church is all about Jesus. And because it's all about Jesus, it's about becoming a fellowship, about becoming a family together. So this morning we're going to explore what this family is like and the impact that joining the family has as we encounter Jesus and as we encounter the love that he has for us as we join in with his family. And the first thing that John shares with the church as he writes this letter is that joining the family introduces a new level of life into our lives. Occasionally, I'm invited to join in with another family's gatherings and celebrations, and even though, even though I'm not part of their actual family. And the lovely thing about these occasions is that it gives me the opportunity to be able to join in the celebrations and to embrace the life that exists within that family. You can put 20 strangers in a room, and you can put 20 family members in a room, and the atmosphere in those two rooms will be entirely different. 20 strangers might grunt and say hello to one another, but put 20 family members in a room and there'll be a totally different environment. They'll be hugging one another, talking and laughing and joking with one another. They might have the odd argument. You might see one of them lump one another with a punch from time to time. Families all have arguments. That's part of family life. But there will be a different atmosphere as families come together. There will always be an increased level of life and love when a family comes together. When I first met Rachel, I remember being introduced to her wider family. And there's many stories that I could tell you about that, one of which included coming to meet her family for the first time and being greeted by her great aunt wearing a pair of pants on her head. Um, that's a story for another time. Uh, but often at the, start, at the center of these family gatherings was Rachel's granny. Now, I loved granny. Granny was wonderful. Um, I loved talking to her, as did the whole family. But she was also a little intimidating. Uh, she was the matriarchal figurehead of the family. Uh, I was dating her only granddaughter, and the whole family were gathering together because this is where Granny was. She was a, I had to be on my best behavior, and uh, I knew my charm had to be faultless when I was getting to know Granny. This is the kind of picture, though, that John is painting in the first four verses of this passage of what a, a, and, and an image of what church ultimately is. He sets the scene and he points straight to the head of the family, to Jesus. He declares that Jesus is the one who has always been. From the beginning of creation, Jesus has been around. Jesus has not only been from the beginning, but he's known by everyone within the family. They have heard him. 
They've seen him. They've touched him. He, through him, it has been revealed that he is the word of life. Just take a moment to appreciate the intimacy and the tangibility of this relationship that we can have with Jesus. Jesus is not some distant, faint-hearted belief that we gather around to remember on a Sunday morning and then go home and forget about, but we can hear him. We can see him. We can touch him. We can encounter him today. Jesus is the figurehead of this new family. He is the one who we all gather around today. We are all diverse from our own different parts, even from different parts of the world, but we're all gathered here today in the name of Jesus. We might be completely different people. We might have completely different interests and opinions, but we can still come together and find life together because we have all encountered Jesus, who is the word of life. Families enhance our lives. They give us our identity. They are our support network. They provide us with joy and love. And we all have a family that we have all been created to be a part of. And that is, this, uh, is Jesus's family, the church. Because in this great big family, that we are a part of today, we can encounter Jesus for ourselves and find the life that is found in him. We can encounter the life that he gives. We can sense and get to know him intimately. We can find our identity and the support that we need and the love and the joy that will fulfill our lives as we join with his family. But above all, as you encounter Jesus, as you will will also encounter his love for you, his love that he has for all people, his love that never changes, his love that you can always depend on. It is that love that Jesus has for us, that binds us together as a church family. Just as I was accepted into Rachel's family as I charmed and as I uh, was on my best behavior for her granny, I encountered the love between her family. So I have been welcomed and loved and accepted into the family of God just as I have been into my wife's family. I've been loved and accepted Because I have seen, I've felt, I've known, and I've encountered the love of Jesus for me. And you too can encounter this love for yourself too. If you are looking to find your true identity, if you are looking for a loving, caring, supportive community that that will love you and give you joy in your life, This is the good news of this passage. There is a community where you can find joy, where you can be who you were created to be. And you are invited to come and to join in the family. 
as you join in, no longer will you just be walking into a room of strangers, but you'll be walking into a family where the atmosphere will be totally different. No longer will you be left wondering whether you can experience the same uh, joy and same life that everyone else seems to be experiencing. Instead, I can assure you that if you join in the family, you will, be, you will experience and encounter life in all its fullness because at the center of the family is Jesus. As you join the family, you can see him, touch him, and intimately encounter the love that he has for you. So today, will you join the family? Will you experience the life love and blessing of joining in this wonderful, vibrant, global fellowship and family of which we are just a tiny part here at Arby Road Baptist Church. I assure you, if you join the family, it will enhance your life in ways that you could have never previously imagined. And as you encounter Jesus and as you join in his family, you'll also find that his family provides you with a place of restoration and growth. In the second half of chapter 1, John talks about God's light and how his light purifies us from all our mistakes, from all our shame, and from all our sin. I've always been amazed at how powerful light can be. One of the challenges we have having young kids in our household is from time to time stuff gets ruined and stained and marked and stuff gets drawn on stuff that we can't get out. And we do all the stuff that you can do uh, within our power. We wash it and we put vanish on it and we wash it and we put vanish on it. But sometimes the stain just remains. However, there's this amazing trick called Mother Nature and light, where if you put something that is stained out into the sunlight, very often the stain, as you put it out into the light, starts to break down as the sun bleaches and removes the stain um, from the piece of clothing that has been destroyed. <coughs> Pardon me. John's point in this passage is that our lives are a little bit like a top that has been destroyed by one of our kids and has got stains all over it. The word he uses for these stains is sin. But in other words, it's all the things that are not quite right with our lives, all the things that we wish we could go back and fix. That's a stain. All the things that we wish had never happened, that's another stain. And, all, and ultimately, all, uh, all of these things that have happened that we wish we didn't, weren't a part of our lives are a result of sin. And sin affects us all. As John tells us in verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. God knows that we have all made mistakes it's another thing we all have in common. Each and every one of us here, including myself, and I'm the minister of the church, have made plenty of mistakes. God knows that we are not perfect. 
despite all our faults, despite the stains that are dotted throughout our lives, Jesus tells us that this is why he came into our world. To deny that we are broken, to deny that we are sinful, to deny that we are in need of help is to deny God. I think we can all agree that no matter how good we might try to be, no matter how nice we might think we are to everyone around us, we can all think of a time, maybe even this week, where we regret something, where maybe you were aware that despite your best efforts, you've not lived or done something as you wish you had, or you've reacted in a way that you wish you hadn't. Something like this, a feeling like this leaves us feeling guilty. It leaves us feeling shameful and embarrassed and frustrated and disappointed and so much more. We, we live with the stain of our mistakes. But if that's you today, there is good news because God is light. Jesus is light. As we join his family, it's light post placing our soiled lives, our soiled children's clothing into the sunlight. And his love his light, uh, uh, and his light gets to work breaking down and removing the stain of our mistakes and our shame. There is nothing that his light cannot overcome. There is no stain that is too deep, no shame that is too great for his light to be, to, that his light cannot remove. Because he, the his light is good and perfect. In him there is no darkness. The light of God can restore and transform our lives. Where there is brokenness, Jesus can bring healing. Where there is dirt and shame, Jesus brings forgiveness and purity. Where there is darkness, uh, Jesus brings clarity and he brings hope. And this restoration can be experienced by each and every one of us that's here today. As John tells us in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you join the family if you encounter Jesus and the light that he shines into your life, you too can find healing and restoration. All we need to do is confess our sins. This means acknowledging them, bringing them out into the light. And as we do so, God will be faithful. And the shame and the stain of our sin, of our mistakes will be removed. This morning, may we again open up our lives to the light of Jesus. May we let his light shine into the core of who we are. May we never be ashamed of our mistakes, but may we know that there is always hope. We might not feel good or right or lovable we might feel and know the pressure of our sustains and our mistakes, but we can all find restoration 
as we come to Jesus. None of us are good enough for Jesus. None of us can earn or deserve a place in his family. If you think that you are good enough on your own, then you've not yet encountered Jesus. It is exactly because we are not good enough that Jesus offers us the hope of restoration by carrying the weight and the burden of our shame, of our sins, and taking them to the cross and dealing with them once and for all that they no longer have a hold over us. All that is left for us to do is to confess our faults, to confess our sins, to recognize our stains, to acknowledge our need for Jesus. And we can all find healing and restoration through his great love for us today. And as John moves through into the end of the passage that we've read, as, we, as he moves into chapter 2 in our Bibles, he reveals yet another benefit of being a part of Jesus' family. And that is that not only do we find restoration, but he gives us an identity to live for. If we follow Jesus and live in the light of who he is, then, we need, then this needs to work its way through into our day-to-day lives. As John says, we know we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Being part of this family means following Jesus' example and living it out in our lives. And it's through this process that our love for God and God's love for us is revealed within our lives. Milo has become a part of our family. But as he becomes a part of our family, he is currently being trained so he knows what it looks like to live as a dog in our family. As we join the family of God, we too will be trained by Jesus and we should want to obey him and follow his commands that we might know what it looks like to be members of his family. As we join his family, he trains us and equips us to follow his example and live as he has called us to live. Therefore, we need to watch our words. We need to be considerate of our actions. We need to be mindful of our thoughts, that we might live our lives in a way that is worthy of the family to which we belong. Jesus invites us to be a part of his family, but also to be his disciples, living as his representatives, that people might know that we are a part of his family. He calls us to live our lives in a way that is worthy of our family and our identity in Jesus. That as people encounter us, they will also encounter Jesus for themselves and want to become a part of the family because they see something special. They see Jesus in and through us and they want to know that for themselves too. As we join the family of Jesus, we encounter the goodness and love of God. Our identity is firm and secure in him. So may we go and live our lives for him 
For we know that living for Jesus means living as Jesus did. We are, as a church, one big family. A family gathered with Jesus at its heart. This morning, if you haven't already done so, can I invite you to join in the family and find life like you have never lived it before? Will you join the family and find, that you might find and receive the restoration that we all need to find through Jesus as his light shines into our lives? And will you join the family and live out your purpose, knowing that living for Jesus means living as Jesus lived, not only being loved, but also loving those around us? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you this morning for the joy and the privilege that it is to come together in your name, to be part of your fellowship, to be part of your family, to know you and to know one another. Lord, this morning we bring before you all the mistakes that we've made, all the brokenness and the sin and the shame of our life. And Lord, we bring them into your light. Lord, may you continue to restore us, to make us into the people that you would have us to be. be. Lord, we pray that as we live as a part of this family, as we live uh, in, in relationship with you, that you would help us to continue to live our lives for you, to live our lives with a new identity, with a new purpose, living in the light of your love, that we might reveal your love to those around us, we pray. Jesus, we thank you that we are not in this alone. You are with us each and every step of the way. You love us and you love all people. Lord, help us to continue to know more of your love as we live for you, we pray. Amen.